I was a child when you took me. I saved you. No. We were happy on my home planet. You were going to bed hungry, scrounging for scraps. Your planet was on the brink of collapse. I'm the one who stopped that. You know what's happened since then? The children born have known nothing but full bellies and clear skies. It's a paradise. Yeah, a paradise without tigers. What? What do you mean? They were endangered, you dillweed. So when you killed half of all life, you doomed the tigers, you big dork idiot. Hey, hey, Gamora, come on. It's a simple calculus, you know this. The universe is finite, its resource is finite. If life is left unchecked, life will cease to exist. Do you have a degree in anything? Bachelor's, master's, PhD, any, anything? Uh, well, no. After high school, I kind of just started, uh... Killing all life? Well, yeah, exactly. Look, Thanos, you need to sit down and talk to some scientists about your plan. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. I don't know. I think half of all life is a good plan. I'm gonna do that Take plan. this! No, ah! Gamora, right in the ribs! Oh, my ribs! Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, bad, bad. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Bad Signs. I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we're talking about the most epic film of all time, probably. It's the Infinity Saga. <laughs> it's the Infinity War. Yes. Um, Marvel's Infinity War, the Avengers Infinity War, 2018's Infinity War, and today we have two absolutely wonderful guests. Uh, we have a postdoctoral scholar in the Division of Biology and Biological Engineering at the California Institute of Technology. It's Dr. Frank Macabenta. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Ooh. Everybody here is great, I think. We have a Brazilian salsa dancer. <laughs> She's excited. Um, Happy to be here. And Frank, you also, uh, you prepared today by eating a gas station burger. Is that correct? Uh, yes, but it's more because I didn't prepare for oh. today. That I, just, just to be clear, I don't always eat gas station burgers. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure because, you know, you were saying you have some trouble cooking, so I wanted to make sure that you're not just every day starting off. But, with. I, but I do have a cast iron stomach, so grad okay. school has prepared me for... So you for can take down anything. Taking down the occasional gas station burger, so... Great, okay. And uh, and, and your your partner in crime here, you guys came in together as a, as a unit, yes. which is very rare. Yes, uh, is, solidarity. Is best-selling author of the award-winning Dark Knight Manual. He's also written for and appeared on Comedy Central's Inside Amy Schumer, and most importantly, his new project is Marvel's Avengers Infinity War, the Cosmic Quest series. It's Brandon T. Snyder. Hello, America. It's me. <laughs> I am the other parts of the world. Oh, you know, I, I, hello, uh, international community. Yeah. There um, is. I have a question really quick about the science related to how uh, the that that gas station burger gets broken down. Yeah. Oh, if, if, Let's if, get into we it. Can, we can address that at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what <laughs> gas station was it? An Arco. Yeah. What are we talking about here? It actually was an Arco. It was an Arco. It was an Arco. Good wow. call. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, hello. Hi, Brandon. How Hi. are you? I'm Ethan? doing very well. Thank you so much for coming. Well, both of you for coming. I'm very excited. And you brought your, your I'm never books leaving. here. Both uh, both volumes, yes. I should say. Do you right? need me to read aloud from them? Uh, yeah. And let's start the reading now. You know what? Actually, because like, uh, Jeff Goldblum, so the Grand Master from Thor Ragnarok is in the first volume. Oh, okay. And everybody asked me uh, if Jeff Goldblum does the the book, uh, the audio book. He oh, does not. Damn. But I, it's my dream mm-hmm. to 
find him and do like some sort of dramatic reading. I mean, while you're here in LA, he's here. I've been trying to track him down for like a year. When I was okay. writing the second volume, I was out here having meetings and he does jazz, I guess, every yes. other week. That's correct. Um, and plays piano, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, I, the night that he was doing that, I actually was signing uh, mm. the first volume. Bummer. So he, so, and I was like, I was like, I had this dream of being like, <laughs> I'll go for my signing and I'll take a book and I'll go over there and I'm going to come back stay. But nothing, nobody even like responded to my email. Like oh, I was like, try, I was like been trying to get in touch with his people. I've been trying, I would tweet at him desperately. Club owner or something. Nobody I feel like cares. there's gotta be yeah. a way. In. I feel like it's going to be one of those things at the end of my life, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, you know, it could be any day, but he like walk <laughs> through a door and he'll be like, right. I've got you. I got, finally got your messages. That was a terrible <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I wasn't trying to do Jeff Goldblum just there. I finally got your message. He I, is very I sensual. I finally got your message. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, and he'll just like. Uh, I spent hours recording the the books. Yeah, I like have to get. I like I'm gonna have to get a, a disease and then into some sort of make a wish situation just to get FaceTime. I mean, we can make that happen. Frank Jeff can probably Goldblum. make that happen pretty quickly. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I'm not free to disclose any. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. He's got, between the three of us. He's got can... beakers and things like that. Yeah, he's you got can... science. I'm, I'm constantly transferring colored liquids from one container to another. Well, if some of those colored liquids <laughs> accidentally went into your mouth, I mean, maybe it gets really sick. And it wouldn't then... be the first time. <laughs> okay, so tell us about these books. They look awesome. Um, and, and you said that you went through a science exchange yes. uh, program to get a scientist, but you knew Frank already. Tell yes. me about all that. So, um, so the Cosmic Quest Volumes 1 and 2. Volume 1 is sort of a prequel to Infinity War. It's set in space um, and features the Grandmaster and the Collector as they look for one of the Infinity Stones. And so so part of the thing about these books is that they sort of retrace the steps of the Infinity Stones. Um, this is going to be perfect for me, by the way, because I have seen Infinity War, obviously. Okay. loved Infinity War. I saw the first Avengers recently for a different podcast episode. Okay. But I have not seen Age of Ultron. I yeah, What about the other, like, Captain America Thor and all that? See, I'm missing uh, bits. I'm missing you know Captain what? America. I saw Iron Man. I kind of, I, saw Thor. I kind of like love a Marvel Cinematic Universe virgin because, okay, great. because there's that sort of thing of just like, what is happening? There's I, a lot. I had a friend of mine who saw Infinity War. Um, who I ran into her on the street before uh, she saw Infinity War. She's like, do you think I would like it? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, I've never seen any of the movies. And I'm like, well, it could be difficult. But then the way that she described it was, it's like being at a party where you're like, this is a cool party. I don't know anyone here. Right. But like everyone seems interesting. But I'll tell you what, for two hours, two and a half, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just like <laughs> a lot like, of action. At but this like, party. I love that people like don't know there was. I think I want to say on like New York Magazine, maybe Vulture did something where they talked to somebody who saw Endgame and they just basically like wrote down all of the things. They were like, "There's a talking animal and then a man <laughs> with a thing." Like because people don't have a reference point, and you realize like the people don't even have names. They're like, "There's a right. blue woman that never got named." Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Also, even if, when they say the names, it's still so tough to. To keep right. track of because there's so many characters. Right. Um, and sorry to you know oh, yeah. interrupt your story, no, but just okay. to say this is like perfect for me to like fill in information. Yes, yes. So um so anyway, so this follows so that this one is sort of a prequel to Infinity War, it sort of dovetails in, and okay. then the cosmic quest picks up in the aftermath of Infinity War and serves as sort of a prequel. So Infinity War, as we know, a prequel to alert. Endgame? Uh, yes. Got it, yes. got it, got it. As we know, in Infinity War, Thanos snaps his fingers. Yes. And, Going uh, right to the end here. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no he, <laughs> he, sorry guys, if they, I hope I didn't spoil it for you. Um, he snaps his fingers and 
let's just say bad things happen. Yeah. So the Cosmic Quest picks up with Dr. Eric Selvig, who is uh, from the Thor movies. Oh, okay. And Darcy Lewis, um, as they attempt to piece together what happened. And so when we were developing the second book, um, I met with a guy at, at Warner or uh, Warner. Yikes. Uh, Marvel wow. Studios uh, called uh, Will Corona Pilgrim. And he uh, and I sort of discussed because because I started to, ve- to develop this book before Infinity War came out, oh, wow. which is the difficult second one. to deal. Yes. Got so it's it. difficult to write a book and to start shaping a book, not knowing the outcome of the film. But because of timelines, because of deadlines, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. So um, so we met. And discuss sort of like who 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 I would be given as you know characters to use wow. and how we would sort of shape the story and then I would see the movie and then re- so you knew before the audience I didn't know oh, that's the oh. thing I knew I thought he was telling you like these are the people that are going to survive this movie coming out no oh, no no oh, no okay. he guided me mm. you know I I had my story and it'd be like what about this and then he would be like. We're going to stay away from that. Wow. Like, okay. okay. Right. And then so, purposefully vague. Yeah. And yeah. it was like it was kind of um yeah, it's kind of like talking. I feel like it's like talking like uh if you're if if you're being um recorded, uh if they, if somebody's got what is it when you like start to sting somebody who's in the Oh, you're wearing a wire. Yeah, wearing a wire. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like that where it was like you couldn't talk about the thing. <laughs> right. But I could, I could be like he could be like something happens yeah. that changes the nature. And I'd be like, uh-huh. You're negotiating with the uh-huh. uh consigliere of Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how it was. And so basically I then I was like, as I was putting the story together and then I saw the movie and had to like, now, thankfully, because I also know, I have intuitiveness about the characters in the world and things like that. Mm-hmm. There were certain things that I, I shaped already okay. that I was like, I, I have a feeling, you know, something, this will happen or something, you know, thing, you knew that something was going to change the nature of everything right. at the end of this movie. So I was like... Okay, let me keep that in mind. Okay. Um, and so when the movie came out, then I recontextualized the whole story to accommodate the thing like the snap and things like that. But there was one character in the book. So Selvig and Darcy are joined by a brand new character that I created uh, called Felix Desta, who was a, is a is a boy that uh, is staying at the at the motel where Selvig is kind of holed up, like uh, being. He's he's gone off the rock, you know, like oh. everything that happened in Infinity War, like set him off because in the okay. Thor movies um, or in Avengers, Loki uses the Mind Stone okay. on him, which is in, housed in his scepter and Selvig, it, he, he controls his mind. So so the, the events of that then play out. I'm, I'm giving you this is a totally free uh, backstory situation. <laughs> yes. Here. Um, Great. So then in what was it? It was like Thor, the Dark World. Selvig is has kind of a mental break after being controlled by the Mind Stone. So oh. he's like running around Stonehenge in his underwear. Whoa. Like he's a little bit so so in after Infinity War, he basically had a, a another mental break. All of these things sort of came together and triggered this thing. So he so he's like went off the grid completely okay. and is holed up in this hotel room in uh New Mexico, which is where the first Thor was set, mm-hmm. where they first discovered the Einstein Rosen Bridge, also known as the Bifrost. Oh which is the or also known as the Rainbow Bridge. That's perfect. To I was gonna Asgard. ask about that whole Bifrost uh, yeah. ordeal. Yes. So so that's where they first Thor's first game so he returned to new mexico to kind of like figure out he's like this is where the, it all started and he's like drawing on the walls of his hotel 
Um, and he befriends this kid, Felix Desta, whose uh, parents have disappeared in the, the snapping, if you will. The snapping. <laughs> um, and so I, we built him into the, like I built him into the story originally. And, you know, I, once I knew what happened, it felt really organic. Cause I was like, we'll, we'll figure out the way to like make it so that he's on his own or whatever. And I'm like something, you know, well, and mm-hmm. so when it came out, it was very organic in the way that he ended up with the team. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, so then, so the story then becomes about them, uh, Selvig sort of retracing steps to, uh, figure out what happened. And he sort of has to go back, uh, and, and visit old friends who he's been estranged from and kind of retrace steps and sort of put old beefs aside to basically be like, I, you know, I'm looking for Jane Foster. I need help. Something's happening. I need, and anyway, so, uh, so, so anyway, so when I met, when we were developing this, this story, um, Will Corona Pilgrim really was like, we want to put science in this thing. We want to give context to the Infinity Stones as if they were real things. Right. Um, and and I will say that Marvel does has done a good job of putting real science in their movies and things like that. So it isn't all just explained away like, oh, it's some star portal or whatever. Like yeah. the Einstein Rosen bridge <laughs> is rooted in, I'm like, you know what I'm talking about, Frank. Yeah. I know why you're laughing. Um, Cause not everybody does that in movies. They're just oh, like, sure. we just assume that aliens are here every day and there's no reaction. There's no, yeah. you know, technology just exists and we just accept it. But yeah. I do like that Marvel has like made it a point to um, meld real world science with sort of super science. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so anyway, so we had this conversation and, and we started to like look at the options and that's when he um, set me up with the science and entertainment exchange, okay, which is an organization that um, works with people in the entertainment industry, writers, screenwriters mm-hmm. um, who need science for right. their stuff. And Frank, you're a part of this. I'm not a part of the ah, exchange, okay. but I did know Brandon. From yes, so you yeah. went outside. The, yes, I did. Yeah. I did because I because also because Frank works in genetics. Like I, they they set me up with like astrobiologists. Right. Um, and uh, and I wanted to put there was a scene where I wanted to show lots of different stuff. So um, that's where Frank came in. Got you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let me just get your guys review i guess of this film like where does it place for you because that's always like the question i'm having with my buddies is like did you like infinity war more than endgame you like endgame the most you like the first one etc 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 so for me just to like set the table here i loved infinity war again good didn't know a lot about it going in didn't i just figured like okay this is going to be hectic action movie tons of superheroes etc but i thought it was a great time i thought like you said about the science i thought the way that they you know i, I wouldn't say completely explain but they like explain enough to where you're like okay right that's reasonable whatever let's right. keep going um but i just thought it was a really great it's so rare to find like a really entertaining action film you know usually it's like it's fun but it's also really stupid or it's like the action parts are great and the acting is terrible right or you know but i thought this was just like a well balanced fun uh film with a crazy ending yeah uh so i don't know that's my that's my two cents on infinity war that's good to hear i mean like it's not even like my film but i feel like i'm like it's like somebody being like i had fun at your party and you're like thank (laughs) you so much i'm glad you had a good time because because for some people it's very daunting and it's you know i i have to give 
Marvel credit, like to do what they did by 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 setting up all of these things and layering in all the things about the Infinity Sense and just so they can even make an Infinity War, even make an Endgame. Yeah, it's kind of insane that they even attempted it. Right. Um, and it's insane that other people, because of its success, tried to mimic it and have not, and it hasn't been able to be um, executed the same way. And, and you know, I get it that, like, not everybody looks at it the same way, right? Like, some people, you know, if you're a fan, if you know these characters, if you know these worlds, it feels fulfilling to, you know, to watch everything culminate. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I don't know if brave is the word, but, like, I think it is brave in, in from a filmmaking perspective to have tried... To uh, to try to even do this and then to execute it the way that they did, so not just successfully, but like creatively, there's like a lot of really great moments that yeah. felt very fulfilling, especially in Infinity War and and Endgame. Yeah, um, I, I don't even know how anybody did it. That's that's like it's the a lot line. to weave together. Yeah, a lot of puzzle pieces there yeah. that need to fit. Uh, what do you think, Frank? I mean, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I've, I've always been a fan of Marvel since I was a little kid. Oh, I read great. the Avengers comics. X-Men is a big favorite of mine. Nice. Um, and I don't know. Marvel Studios just has this way of really making sure that um, the characters that they portray in the cinematic universe do reflect what um, I read as a comic uh, book nerd <laughs> like throughout my formative years um, because I look at – Iron Man, for instance, I'm like, yeah, I I could totally see Tony Stark speaking this way or acting this way. There isn't really this sense that they need to change who the characters are for um, the cinematic universe. You, you don't need to make him all gritty or change his right change his persona just to fit um, an artistic vision. Yeah, um, and so I really enjoyed it, and because, like you said. Um, even as even if someone isn't familiar with all the characters, because of how much action that they put in there, and um, just their ability to show all these events, and you can just easily suspend your disbelief, despite how crazy it really is underneath yeah. it. All, um, yeah, it, it's just it's just a wild ride that you probably would want to look into the individual characters' movies. Um, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. do. And and the more that I do, the more that I enjoy them. Um, I had a question about the whole comic book ordeal because these are based on like even Infinity War and, and Endgame and all this. Is, right. They are comic right. books, right? Well, yeah. So, so so Infinity Gauntlet is the one that was like sort of started it all, which is oh. where I forget what year it was. But like I that was a comic book that growing up, like I bought like five copies of and put them like away. <laughs> like they were like a very special thing and okay. it, because it was like wow. it was. Secret Wars was like a big event prior to that. But like Infinity Gauntlet, it hit me right at that time where like this was like the as a comic book, like this was like the biggest summer event. Like, you know, mini comic book miniseries, a series for Marvel and DC, like become these giant events because, you know, that they're involving everybody. Like the cover of Infinity Gauntlet is uh, the Infinity Gauntlet with all these characters. And it's done by this artist, George Perez, who is like a legend. Uh Um and you just know everybody's going to be involved. Something big is going to happen. And a lot of the imagery from Infinity War um, was pulled from that original Infinity Gauntlet 
uh, uh, book. Oh, so, for okay. instance, in the because of rights and some things, like some things change. So, like things like like uh, in the comic book, Silver Surfer falls into Doctor Strange's oh, sanctum instead gotcha. of the Hulk. Um, even no, we just don't like, have a Silver Surfer. Correct. Uh, Not yet. Soon. Oh. Now that the Fox merger has happened, ah. Marvel now has access to Silver Surfer, <laughs> who is a Fantastic Four related. Oh, got it, got it. So okay. he's in that universe, but now, so who knows where he'll pop up? But um, even like the snap is something from Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. Cool. Um, and you know, so all if you if you're a fan of the comic books, like you seeing those things take shape on screen, like gives you like goosebumps, but they still have resonance for like, if you don't know anything, you'll still be like, Oh, that's a cool shot. Or, um, you know, whatever, like some of the stuff with fighting Thanos, like you can look at like at panels from the comic book and be like, Oh my, that's, I've seen that's like they (laughs) did that from there. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, that fan and it doesn't come across also as like, uh, it's fan service, but it's not like that, like lame fan service where you're like catering to like, I don't know. It right. feel, it well, feels a lot of times very when they natural. do stuff like that, it, it not only feels forced, but it feels foreign to an audience that hasn't seen it. Yes. But I didn't feel like that at all. It just felt yes. like a smooth, yeah. I don't know, journey. Yeah, it was a smooth journey. It was not sp- for everybody, though. <laughs> no, not for everybody. For half of us. <laughs> um, okay, so wait, I want to get before my uh, uh, stupid questions and my science questions and a game that I want to play. I do want to quickly discuss your role in helping the science of these books. So can can you guys explain to me where that came in? What kind of science did they have you inject into right. this series? So, yeah. So we wanted to inject science in with regard to the Infinity Stones. Um, oh, right. So that like – so for instance, like if the Aether that can control uh, reality, what would that be if it were real? Like how would you try to shape a, an explanation for – reality warping okay um and, and in I, the in the movie if i'm not mistaken they say that it's from the the beginning of time like the big bang right it's like left over right from so the, the infinity bang. yeah so the infinity stones are these cosmic energies right that have been concentrated into these like stones and then each one of those stones has a housing or mm-hmm. a casing of some sort so the mind stone was in the scepter the space stone was in the tesseract right uh, but the aether is sort of alive um, so it is, it's like a shapeless, formless thing that then gets put, you know, sort of into the stone form. Okay. Um, and that, that's one in particular that, so the first book deals with, hold on, let me make sure. The first book is time, power, and mind. Okay. And then the second book we deal with the space stone, reality stone, and the soul stone, which we kind of, the soul stone was not something. So we sort of like thematically look at soul related things. Mm. Um, but because the soul stone, there were some big reveals with the soul stone. We couldn't necessarily go into right. that. So we really just dealt with like space and reality. So, so we really just like wanted to shape what if these things were real um, and the reality stone uh, after, after doing a little bit of like research and stuff um I came up with a term that then I ran by one of the other scientists that I work with called a, and, and, and I was really excited because I was like, if I called it a radical quantum selector, would that sound appropriate? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Ah, I don't even know what I mean, but yes, that feels so good. It somehow. Um, yeah. And then the space stone is sort of this like, um, the space stone gets used for interstellar travel. Oh, okay. Um, so it opens, like it can open its own sort of, it, it's sort of like an Einstein Rosenbridge situation. You can mm. travel from wormhole deep space. Yeah, wormhole. Um, yeah. Uh, Which and, is also like, yeah, that, that um, or was it the, the Bifrost, right? That's 
yes, that thing yes. is like this okay. the bifrost it the bifrost like open the, up a wormhole to wherever you want I absolutely guess. okay and that sort of is controlled by uh on asgard but like it, it's to say that they it isn't magic what they do it's really science it's right. just utilized differently than how somebody else would do it so okay. like and they can um, be controlled by these like uh that these forces that are right in, in i don't know how to say intertwined or something like yeah so instead of just being like oh the, the stone controls it it's like no what the stone does is harness the energies what whatever it is within the stone is able to make this occur okay. as opposed to just being like it's magic we no, no, no. It's uh-huh. like, no, there's a process happening. Right. It's happening on a different level than, you know, like, a, you know, a machine or whatever. And there's a moment in the book, too. Like, there's a there's we tried to like to meld some. There are some fantastic elements. There's this body of water called the water of sight. OK. Um, that happens at the end of the book that is sort of um, a more fantastical element. But the way we set it up is that like using all of these like other scientific things, these gravimetric spikes that you're able to initiate something there. So it isn't just like we're going to a magic pool. Right, right. Um, <laughs> OK. So, yeah. So that's that. And. There is a scene. So each of the new characters that I introduced, which is really cool that they let me do that, um, sort of has their own purpose and and gives a little bit more shape to the story and to the science of it. But mm-hmm. there is a moment in the book where our our cast ends up at um, like a kind of like weird uh, low rent science fair party, <laughs> okay, <laughs> with lots of odd science scientists um, and. I Mostly really, based on Frank. Yeah, it's based on Frank. <laughs> so they're all um, eating weird burgers. Yes, yes. Um, and there's a giant um, stomach where you can see the actual uh, yeah. chemical things that are happening inside yeah. your body. <laughs> um, and uh, so with Frank, because we didn't want it to just be like astrobiology and all these sort of things, like I really wanted to use uh, science that was of the moment too. Like, so there were things that I, you know, even just like down to like, right when I was, I think I want to say like on the draft, right before I, I, we like locked it, there were things that I would read and be like, Oh, let's like put that in there somewhere if we can. Um, one of those such things that they were, uh, like, like how, Captain America was able to be frozen mm-hmm. and what that like, I forget the term that I put in there, but like, it was like, if, you know, Captain America being frozen in ice for so long, like it was like a, some sort of blood related thermal, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like somebody that had just come out somewhere. So I was like, we'll put it in there. Um, and, just come out. Like we are doing this kind of thing. No, but just like ah. somebody gave it like a real shape. Like oh, how oh. was Captain America able to survive? Right. Well, it's in the book. Um, and I saw it somewhere. Anyway, so I tried to put like okay. real scientific discoveries as it happened. And and with Frank's work, um, it was like the perfect place for me to add some like genetic stuff at this like weird science fair. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that's how. So I basically we sort of had a dialogue about like this is what I'm doing. And Frank gave me some ideas and. Right. Yeah. So, so in, in our laboratory, we use fruit fly larvae, or actually embryos, mm. in order to study how um, genes control cell behavior. That's oh. um, funny that we keep going back to the gut and the stomach because <laughs> I happen to study the muscles that enclose the the gut in a oh. fruit fly embryo. Wow. And these muscles are responsible for the movement of food through the digestive tract. Okay. And so, when you look at a specific organ. Um, as a developmental biologist, a uh, fundamental question that I ask is, how is it that it's it, 
adopts a certain shape. Like when you look at a heart, you recognize it as a heart, mm -hmm. but when it first begins, it's a tube. And so there's a genetic program that um, is responsible for turning on genes at a specific point in time. Um, the tube uh, sort of loops around, then another set of genes uh, differentiates uh, new cells from the starting tissue, and then after a while you get a heart. And so um, in recent times, uh, field of biology has really seen a renaissance in terms of a number of techniques that allow us to study these processes in detail. Okay. Um, for one, uh, I think one that I mentioned to Brandon and I thought was very appropriate if he wanted to um, add stuff that's really current is CRISPR. CRISPR, right. Yeah, so um, we use that technique uh, routinely in the lab in order to be able to manipulate uh, genes uh, with very high specificity in the fruit fly. Um, and that's and the gene drives? Yes, the gene drive is a very recent development um, that involves being able to propagate these kinds of heritable changes in subsequent generations. So um, the, the research articles I've read about it and the, and, um, the lectures I've attended um, all have this goal of trying to eliminate diseases caused by mosquitoes. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. They kill more of us than anything, right? Exactly. They're the, they're the deadliest animal on earth, pretty much. Yeah. And um, using this modification to the CRISPR technology, um, the idea is for researchers to introduce these mosquitoes that carry a gene drive um, that essentially allows for the propagation of this genetic element that would prevent mosquitoes from reproducing. Whoa. So if, mis if wild mosquitoes mate with these seeded mosquitoes, mm -hmm. um, that essentially leads to the end of that uh, generation. Whoa. Um, and so there are different variations to this. We don't use genome drive in our laboratory, but we have, um, we have used it to do things like make certain cells glow or um, okay. delete Just for the fun. gene entirely. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because it's pretty... <laughs> Let's let's give the flies some superpowers. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Don't that it does not end well. <laughs> yeah, that sounds evil. I mean, so you're trying to delete half of all mosquitoes? Would you say? <gasps> I mean, with a snap. Uh -oh. It's it's Bring uh, it back. with a crispy crispy snap. I feel I feel like I feel like the research group probably would would want to change the the name of the of the technology. Right. Um, after after seeing Infinity War, <laughs> do you I mean, ever get do, more funding, bro? Do you ever name things like? Do you ever get to f name any fun things? Oh oh yeah um yeah. So I love being a fruit fly biologist because. I feel like we I love, have. That's a great line, by the way. I love. That's like the <laughs> yeah. beginning of a really great commercial. A PSA. I love. But I just, yeah. and then it like segues into like a, I don't know, depends or something. Who knows? Yeah, we 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 have a lot of fun with naming genes. So, um, yeah. So we there's this there's this gene in fruit flies called Tin Man. Tin Man. Um, and I used to work with it in my in, in grad school. Okay. And the reason why this gene is called Tin Man is because if you mutate it, the flies end up without hearts. Whoa. Yeah. Ah, they're just cold and so, little. <laughs> oh, they must die like immediately. They, they end right? up dying, but they, okay. they, they can survive for a little while. Whoa. Um, without without a, heart. a heart. Wow. But because 
Uh, fruit flies don't have the same type of circulatory system as we do. Okay. It's, it's essentially open and um, all this fluid just sort of washes over um, the organs. But eventually, yeah, that catches up to them and they die. Sure. That but, catches up. That not <laughs> having like, a Oh, yeah. Really just catches up to well, you. I don't I really I don't bite you in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They deserve it. Yeah. Well, the ones that are killing us. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, would you hazard to guess what the Ken and Barbie gene um, Ken and Barbie. Yeah, there's gene. a gene called Ken and Barbie. I know what I bet. I know. I know. Oh, go. You have a guess? They don't have genitals. They oh. don't have. They don't have external genitals. External genitals. Oh. Ah, very close. I knew, very close. I knew it was <laughs> genital related. Don't yeah. ask me why. Don't ask me how. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but we get to we get to have a little fun with gene names, and it's gotten us into some trouble. Um, how so? Times. Um, so there's a gene called Sonic Hedgehog. Oh, love Sonic. Um, uh, no. So, so hedgehog is the gene that was originally discovered in fruit flies okay. and the mammalian equivalent because um, the great thing about fruit flies is that a lot of the genes that we study have mammalian counterparts. Okay. Um, we share about 75% genetic similarity with fruit flies. Wow. It's yeah. high. But we Not also me, though, I don't think. We yeah, share, we share about 50% yeah. with a banana, too. So, <laughs> Well, that so, makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, I love bananas. <laughs> but, but anyway, this, this hedgehog gene was named Sonic Hedgehog in mammals. And the problem with that gene is that it's implicated in a lot of cancers. Ooh. And so, oh, so the, the, the you, Sega people, then you yeah, have, you're gonna cease upset. and desist. Yeah. yeah, then you have then you have these uh, these medical doctors who are just frowning and saying like, I don't think that's really appropriate for me to explain to the to the family of this cancer pa- patient that, um, yeah. It's because he has a mutation in the Sonic Hedgehog. Wow. That is, yeah. Yeah. Even Nintendo. They, Nintendo issued a cease and desist, but it wasn't for fruit flies, but uh, another group had named um, a, an oncogene Pokemon. Whoa. And it was right. some really creative acronym, but Nintendo was like, we don't want our franchise associated yeah, so, with so, cancer. Yeah. So. yeah. Licensing <laughs> situations, they don't, no one yeah. messes around. Nobody yeah. is like going to let that yeah, slide. Yeah. That Pokemon ended up on the cutting room floor. So right. we're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're making a lunchbox, you might get away with it, but if it's <laughs> right. a cancer gene, right. Right. you'd have a problem. <laughs> do you, what do you do? Like, what about like a personalized, like, is there like, have you done anything that's like f- the Frank related? Oh, or like yeah. your friend, you have a friend. Like there's something that you find that you're like that trait is like my friend Gary. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that it is definitely on the bucket list to find something and just name it. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily after myself, but just uh, just just. I mean, be able Macabenta to name it. is an <laughs> yeah. awesome name. Do you have so a, that like, guy's me, gotta yeah. be something? Do you have a oh, name on deck? Like, um. I it really depends on what the mutation is. I, I mean, if it's if it's Maca mutation, I'm just Maca. trying to give you. Yeah. A, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you've got a notebook. Guess, I'm I'm sure you've got a notebook of just sketches of names. <laughs> yeah. where like one one day when I maybe the flies seek out gas station burgers. Oh, something. yeah, Cause, the Arco gene. Because there because there is a there is a gene called Cheap Date. I think they might have changed. Ooh. Cheap Date. Yeah, Cheap Date. I think I have that. Yeah, so, yeah, me too. So the flies become especially susceptible to to alcohol. Okay. Oh, that so, makes sense. Uh, yeah, oh. so, but I think they might have changed that. That's mm. one of the ones that they changed. I think it's called Lush now. Lush. Lush. <laughs> Interesting. Um, okay. And wait, but, what is your what is your Instagram again? Wizard of Osmatazone. That's right. What is Osmatazone? <laughs> that okay, sounds so like I, an infinity I just, war I'm going up on a tangent. Reference. I'm just like, I want to know about no, me. I love it. I just, I really love puns and I just needed a pun that would somehow incorporate Oz. Right. So I looked through a list of 
names of chemicals, and I came across osmatazone. Osmatazone. It's very obscure. I, even I don't know what it is, but oh, you know yeah. what? Let's well, just use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys look that up, or maybe I'll put it at the end or something. Osmatazone. Have you ever? Like, I'm also fascinated too with like, you, like the kind of humor that's like the the sort of like insular science or like even geneticist humor. You know what I mean? Like the things that you would find hysterical. Oh yeah. Because yeah. you know the context of this world, like. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it's uh, you might very well know that there's a lot of failure associated with doing science. Yeah. No. Sure. And so <laughs> I thought you just get it on the first try. I mean, we, we get a nice and tidy publication at the end and then everything just seems to make sense. Like, oh, wow, this story really flows. These are nice, pretty pictures. But right. I guarantee that um, to get to that that five-page um, publication is some poor grad student sobbing at right. night because <laughs> yeah. an experiment failed for the umpteenth time or some postdoc is practically pulling his hair out because they're trying to get this technique to work. And so it takes a lot of time and we need ways to entertain ourselves. Yeah. Speak. I've chosen to do that by annoying everyone else with science puns. <laughs> Great. Um, that's I don't think that's way. annoying. I think that you could carve out, this could be, this could be your brand. Yeah. You can have your own you could book be science, bu- science pun guy. Yeah. I mean, in grad school, it, it got to the point where for secret Santa, they gave me a pun jar. Wow. As, as a gift. <laughs> and I had to put in a dollar every for time. Each pun that's, that, that, is heard within earshot. Well, your, money's, your money's number. going to a good cause, my friend. <laughs> it went to happy hours. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, great so cause. I was I was popular yeah. after, like, a few weeks of doing that. You know, you could probably put five minutes together and do, like, science conventions and stuff like that. Yeah, like, hey, true. everyone, welcome. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, quick type five, I think you could I mean, do you it. could probably do it anywhere, and people would just think you're doing the science character. Yeah. And that would kill. You'd do great. You've got to monetize this, Frank. Yeah, we'll, we'll help you out with it afterwards. Uh, Brandon's yeah. got a whole notebook here. I was, right I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to look into real estate for, like, isolated volcanic islands. but <laughs> Isolated volcanic, volcanic islands? D- dormant volcanic islands oh. for an underground layer, but that's <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's planning that's planning ahead. There we go. Do you also <laughs> you also much. need like a mountain that like looks rel- like kind of like your face or the face <laughs> yeah. of some dark lord? It really that isn't that hard if you look. I mean, you can go on Airbnb yeah. or Zillow. Yeah, Google. I'm Earth. not being paid by Zillow, uh, but I <laughs> but could you are be. Being paid by I would be if you asked Zillow. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. Okay, I want to play a quick game, guys, to test your Infinity War knowledge. Oh, my God. Okay. So, how much money can I win? Uh, how much money does Frank have in his jar? <laughs> oh. yeah, I'm bucks. only here for the money. The jar was left in New Jersey, unfortunately. Oh, damn. Well, <laughs> we'll send you a check, accident. Brandon. Um, so I'll ask uh, the, the questions to Frank first, just because I feel like you're going to be more of the expert here on... Thank you so much. On, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, of course, you're very welcome. Um, okay, so yeah, these are just items or people or whatnot, because I was looking mm-hmm. at this like list of terms, and I was like, man, some of these things, I just have no clue what they are. Mm-hmm. So so here it is. This game is called, What in Thanos' Name is That? What in Thanos' Name is That? <laughs> are you ready to play? <laughs> okay, I hope so. Here we go. <laughs> The cloak of levitation. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's um, 
one of the items that Doctor Strange uses, and it actually shows him. If you'd seen the the Doctor Strange movie, that's correct. Uh, I oh, have that's not. a little shade. If you'd seen the Doctor Strange, <laughs> he movie. should have an attitude because I have not seen the Doctor Strange movie at all. Uh, but I do know that from a looking it up and b seeing this one, Infinity War, he wears it. But I didn't know it shows him. Uh, that's very cool. What I did read is that it flies on its own power and yeah. like so he's not controlling what that cloak is doing he which, has a, yeah the cloak has its own sort of like personality which is that's gonna be irritating at times absolutely i mean like <laughs> didn't i see that my but. clothes have a mind of their own um <laughs> but usually i just toss them in a hamper and lock them away or i tumble yeah, they them stay until there normally they, yeah until they do my bidding but like the cool thing about i would say in infinity war that um like seeing all the heroes team up was like a, a tingly moment but sure. also like the moments of levity that were really fun and that the cloak is like kind of steals the show in a couple like a bunch mm-hmm. of moments like the way that it behaves where you're like yeah the cloak is doing its thing yeah yeah it kind of reminded me of like the the carpet from Aladdin yes it's like moving around has a personality to absolutely. it absolutely yeah. yeah okay I think we need to get Marie Kondo on that yeah uh, <laughs> she's in the sanctum she's like does this bring you joy I've never seen that wait is that their line yeah yeah it spark joy does it, Sorry. does it spark joy yeah yes and I think it does yeah I'm going, all, I'm going all in there spark something spark joy me um okay uh ho fund ho fund oh geez ho fund frank okay it sounds as guardian <laughs> oh it is ours it is as guardian um all right i'm, I'm gonna have to pass on that one okay. oh, uh, thanks <laughs> i was like ho fund uh that is uh a, a monster is that a creature the ho fund is often simply referred as the bifrost sword Oh, oh, that's oh. right. Used by Heimdall? Heimdall, yeah. Heimdall. Yeah. Heimdall is like Heimdall. the one that sort of opens the Bifrost. At the beginning of the does, movie. Yeah. I had no idea who yeah. that guy was. Yeah, mm. so he, it's his job to sort of like keep, keep watch over that. Okay. Um, and yeah, so oh, I forgot about that. I'm... Yeah, I'm gonna be. This is gonna be involve a lot of me just being disappointed in my own. Uh, I hope not in my own like mind. <laughs> um, and it says here it also serves as a key activation switch that opens the Bifrost bridge. Yes, yes. that's the thing. Okay. So in the yeah, so in the movie, so in the like the either. Thor movies is like where we first see it. Oh. And so there's like this sort of like dome. Um, and he like puts it in the thing and turns it, and that's what. So whenever Thor gotcha. is, which I logistically, I don't know how exactly that works. Cause like basically <laughs> it went from being like a, so the, the, the opening in the Bifrost went from being like a scene to like later films where it was just like Thor being like Heimdall. And then it was like, or just right. not even anything. So I'm like, it's Heimdall like on call. Like, is he like his only job? 15 minutes and I'll to get to there. To what the, if he's asleep? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or is he just waiting? Like, Oh, Nope, got it. <laughs> the red phone's ringing. Yeah, he's just got a book. This guy needs a Bifrost bridge. Yeah. Um, okay. The Cauldron of the Cosmos. Cauldron of the Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. I'm going to have to pass on that one okay. as well. That would be a Doctor Strange related oh, item that yes. he has in the Sanctum. Correct. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm unsure exactly of its function. Is it a viewing related? I could not find the functionality of okay. the Cauldron of the Cosmos. And that's one of the things with Doctor Strange because there's a lot of items and a lot of mm-hmm. like his, a lot of his incantations. Yes. I, um, you know, the Flames of the Faultine and mm-hmm. and the Just Crimson Bands of Ciderac, where you're like, what does any of that mean? Right. But yes, yeah, uh, it's just just little strange details. It's for what he makes his soup in. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the sling rings. Oh, the sling rings. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's another Doctor Strange artifact. Okay. Um, that's what they use to open portals to 
to various locations. Yes, this yeah. is correct. Confirmation. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, those are the slang Two rings. finger rings imbued with, yeah, the power to make the portal. But I also read that it, uh, although it requires much effort, that you can open portals uh, through the multiverse instead of not just on the planet. Yes. Which we didn't see. We have not seen that. But okay. now that... So many, you know, now that like these sort of cosmic energy, you know, there's all kinds of timeline, you know, there's lots right. of things that have been awakened. So I'm, so I'm maybe, sure that I don't know what kind of effort you need, but maybe we'll see. I mean, somewhere. you just have to have hope in your heart. <laughs> OK, just well, have a positive attitude. I'll let you know when that happens for me. Uh, the God Slayer. The God Slayer. Yes. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, Brandon, Brandon looks like he's really uh, excited to happy, answer this I'm one. I'm just happy that I got... Um, so. The God Slayer is Gamora's sword. Yes, yes, yes yeah. that's right. Collapsible sword. Um, uh, and She uses it to chop, I believe, romaine lettuce. <laughs> yeah, use it on her uh, yeah. cooking show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it includes a detachable knife that connects to yes. the sword's hilt. Yes. Hey. Okay. Uh, this is the internet. I didn't... I know. I was like, I like, the, I like your energy behind the word hilt it was is this a I, I like to use words that i never get to use and hilt's one of those that you don't get to just throw around no, in life no no so, no not unless you're at the post office right that's the, that's usually the only place well no I, that's the place where i most likely i'm, I'm most like to likely to cut somebody yes that's true but even if you said that to a post office worker they'd be like excuse me you just They'd probably be like, like cut me, please, take me from this pain. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, a few more here. The Space Throne. Oh, the Space Throne. Yes. Darn. Space Throne. Is that Ronan's throne? No. No, that's Thanos' throne. That's that correct. Is, okay. That is yeah. Thanos's Thanos personal throne. floating yeah. seat in the sanctuary. Also known as the Cosmic Toilet. The Cosmic Toilet? <laughs> People kidding, oh, my God. Um, but say. it does. And maybe that's something that I'll, maybe I'll create a, something called oh. the Cosmic Toilet. I mean, people are going to be into that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just looking at the paint scheme. I'm just thinking <laughs> if I could, like, partner with Kohler, like, we'll make it a thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> always about licensing. It's always about branding. Yeah, well, you're here for the money. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the Black Order. Oh, uh, that's Thanos' personal lieutenants? Yes, that? that's yes. right. Yeah. Also known as the children of Thanos, an elite team comprised of superpowered individuals who use their abilities to serve their adoptive father, Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, so there's Ebony Maw. I'm tra- okay, so now I'm like, I'm just now that I'm... Well, go ahead. I'm not going to be able to confirm these. So Ebony Maw... Call Obsidian, but I think that they named some of the names were a little bit different. And what's the female one? Um, oh, geez. I totally, Terrible I'm totally blanking. <laughs> but they're names. those are the one; those are the people who like say, he like sends them to. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Proxima Midnight. Right. Yes, yes that's right. <laughs> Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight, uh, Call Obsidian, and isn't there in there one with and Candace. <laughs> Candace? Candace, yeah, she's the she's like the one that they he sends to just sort of like she's kind of flirty. She's like, hey, I'm just here. Like Thanos um, sent me. I'm just like trying to get a feel for Earth. <laughs> I, they don't, I wish they we saw more of her. Scenes. I know. I wish we saw. It's more like really of that. a shame because she, she was, was like very good. Isn't yeah. there one that's named like there's his weapon is in his name and he's one of the bad guys? Uh, I, I saw that online. I thought that was kind of funny. maybe. I feel like one of the names. I feel like Cull Obsidian in the comic books is named Black Dwarf, but then they called him. Call Obsidian. There was instead. some. I don't remember what it was. Like a glyph or like a some. Oh, like I know. Who, I know the visual. Something yeah. glaive or there Corvus glaive. Corvus glaive. Yeah. Yes. God, Corvus I'm so glaive. glad That's, we got yes, there. Yes. 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 Corvus yeah. Glaive. Yeah. I just thought that was a funny. Like you know, if you called somebody like 
Ralph Knife and he right. <laughs> Knife all the time. It's like, well, it, you can get away with it because the glaive, and nobody says that. But I chose this name when I was an edgy eighteen-year-old. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. right. I, actually, I feel like yeah, I feel like you should maybe like write Ralph Knife, or maybe you should be Ralph Knife as like, hey, cast me as Ralph hey. Knife, guys. Like he's like a detective. He's a fighter. <laughs> um, okay, the last one is the Dora. Malaje? Malaji? Oh, oh so, Malaje? So, I would say. Okay, that's uh, the Wakandan Royal Guard. And yes. they, yeah, it's, they're all female. Yes. Right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah it's well, like well Black done. Panther's Royal Guard, um, Okoye being uh, uh, like. The general. Yeah, and yeah, then right. Nakia being another one. Yeah, which yeah. I also just selfishly wanted more of because of course. I love Black Panther so much and mm-hmm. I just love that whole. Uh, female squad, and uh, I thought they're like so badass. Um, but anyways, great job, everybody uh, won. Well, Both now, of you got okay, equal but points. I, where's the cash? I don't see. <laughs> um, we will be Venmoing you. Do you know that I flew from New York City? Right. So like, I'm ex- like, what is the deal? Like, I came here for the money. Yeah. No. And like I said, uh, the company that I work for is going to be Venmoing you as soon as I don't it's have over. Venmo. I'm. You know. This oh is, really? This well, is. You I can't know, get I don't. paid. <laughs> we only do Venmo. I'll take a coin. Do you just have like twenty five cents? I'm just trying to. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, here I'm you just go. like trying to get a bus. <laughs> trying to get a bus. <laughs> um, okay, so now I have basically just a long list of questions which we can uh, storm through. Um, I mean, unless you have your own Infinity War topics you want to uh, bring up. I mean, let's see. Like, um, I have like stuff about the film that I just had questions about, which I don't know if you guys know or not. And then I have just like more specific science stuff about like time travel in the movie and how you know like Doctor Strange could see. Uh, all the possible outcomes and then come back and be like, mm. oh, this, there's only one way it's going to work, which I didn't know if he was like lying about that or if there actually was one way because it seems like they just went through all this kind of for nothing if right. he knows what's going to happen, right? But like that might just be the only way. Like, mm. th- you know what I'm saying? Like, Couldn't he have told him like, hey, listen, when he gets here, I'm just going to give him the damn stone. I mean, <laughs> he could, but then that would change the nature of the movies. I'm sure. Yeah. See, this isn't actually, this is a very good point though, because like, I feel like as my, I was having this conversation the other day about writer mind, mm-hmm. about how, when you watch something as a writer and you, and your, your brain is already like a little bit of a head sometimes, like sometimes it can be difficult for me to shake. You do your own Dr. Yeah. Strange shaking. Yeah, because like sometimes I watch something and I'm like. Like it, t- it, it takes more for me to be surprised. Like, so mm-hmm. Infinity War, there were moments of surprise. Endgame, there were moments of surprise. There were also moments where as soon as like something happened, I was like, I know exactly where this is going to lead to because I mm-hmm. know what they've been building like, right, with right, characters. Right. Um, there is a moment in Endgame where Black Widow and Hawkeye uh, take off on their mission. Yeah. And as soon as they did, I knew exactly how that mission was going to end because I was like, that is, and and I was a little bit like, I, I, they're gonna do it. They are gonna do it, um, because it just made sense. I just and and not even that like there was an in the writing or the acting or anything like that that there was like a te- anything was telegraphed. Right, right. But it's they're just providing. like you know, like from a perspective of what they've set up and what they're doing, like mm-hmm. I know that's gonna happen. I have a question about these kinds of characters, by the way, and mm-hmm. this is going to probably speak to my own naivete or just like you know not giving myself completely to the world, the cinematic universe. Here. <laughs> I like they get but, sacrificing yourself. Yeah, I haven't fully sacrificed myself to the Marvel gods, but you Iron Man gives Spider-Man a suit at the beginning of this movie, yeah. right? Mm. And then he also gives a suit to uh, Bruce Banner. 
Yes. Who needs one? Who because he can't turn into the Hulk for right. whatever the Hulk Buster mm-hmm. armor. Yes. Why don't other people get suits? These suits are so useful and effective, and yet, like Black Widow is like a person that can get very easily wrecked. Right. Give her a suit. Right. <laughs> this is a right? very good point. This is a okay. very good logistical point. <laughs> Thank you. He just has these suits in a in a in a storage unit. He does. It's right. He has. It's a. It's a, yeah. It's They're a, just a, sitting there. Storage unit, along with a bunch of old files. We need and help. Like I mean, this stuff from his first apartment. Maybe give Doctor Strange a suit. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Wong the, should get a suit. The, you know what? This is a very good point. Um, because All it, right. No, no, this is a very good point because because like when, I just couldn't believe it when I, when Spider-Man was like, oh man, I'm dying. I'm going to fall from this thing. And he like, it's a cool moment. Don't get me wrong. That yeah. the suit like flies on its own and that now he can like be in space. But then I thought, whoa, aren't you opening up a huge can of worms here? Because now... Why not give everybody a suit? Yeah, like, and then I couldn't believe it because then the Hulk got this gigantic suit. Well, now, just right. to be clear, that was an armor of Tony's that is basically like on loan. The Iron Spider was actually created for Peter. Yeah. Ah. And that is from the comic books in the in the comic book miniseries Civil War, Civil the War, original yes. Civil War. Um, Tony, there's the rift between Tony and Captain America. Who should uh, also have a suit. Right. Um, he, he actually had a suit of armor in the in Ooh. the comic books as well, like okay. in the 90s when there were a lot of weird uh, costume things happening. Okay. But in Civil War, so uh, Tony gives uh, Peter the suit and Peter um, outs himself to the entire world as Spider-Man as part of this like mm. civil – as part of the conflict of Civil War being that like – Superheroes must register and expose their identities, oh, okay. um, or they're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, to put it lightly, yeah. so like Tony's like, "Come to my side. I'm going to give you this suit, yeah. and then you can tell me about your Peter Parker." Suit. Yeah. And so that's what he does. Um, and so it was cool to see that in the in the in the in the movie. War, but yeah. yeah, like I mean, like Black Widow should just be like, knock on Tony's office, like, "Hey, uh, have you noticed that when I get hit, it hurts a <laughs> ton?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's like, but like too, like now they're doing, if you notice, like now with Iron Man's, uh, costume, like our, our suits of armor, they're like, there's nanotech. Right. Originally they were very like, sort of like practically mechanical. Yes. So it was like, Metallic. this is how it works. This is like, how it moves. And now yeah. it's like, oh yeah, they just self-repair. Like it's like, right. but, they, but they built it. I feel like they, they were able to earn that yeah because like it can't now after all these other crazy things not be so I, I mean yeah i felt like since black panther that, right. the whole tech in that i was like oh okay well now if they have access to this right. stuff okay that makes sense right but i just couldn't i don't know and the same thing <laughs> yeah. with the with the female the uh, dora malaji right which i'm definitely not saying the right dora malaji. the dora malaji i feel like they get right. suits too <laughs> yeah they should get i mean like <laughs> they <laughs> I like that. I like the, I like all the Wakanda. Oh, I like, think it's stuff. cool. I'm just saying, if I'm there on the front lines, right. about to go to a battle with a bunch of aliens, I would prefer to fly you just around. Want, like, a helmet, at least. Okay. You know, okay. and I want to be able to fire off huge energy balls. I mean, right. Whatever. I mean, I imagine the Wakandan army is very vibranium centric. Right. Right. Yes. So, they have the vibranium shields. Right. Right. Yeah. Those like capes that are. So yeah. yes, yes, yes. I don't know. There might be some kind of. Um, Traditional, uh, traditional thing, yeah. or, or there, there might be some kind of trade agreement that needs to be drawn up between the U.S. and Wakanda. Okay, for, what's in terms excuse? of the tech, what's your excuse for Black like, Widow? Though, okay, you'd have well. She yeah, doesn't want to be constricted by some dumb armor. <laughs> okay. She's gotta, okay. See, but that's the thing. That's Movement. Fun. She's got to flip around. She's got to uh, kick it seems people like in the face. Uh, Tony Stark's moving around quite a bit. 
Yeah, but he doesn't know. Like, he's not necessarily he's as not a good of as a fighter. Yeah, she yeah. likes. She's about stealth. Right, right, like, right. Black Widow is That's about true. getting in she's stealthily. A and she, yeah, yeah. She's a mm-hmm. she's an assassin. So mm-hmm. like, she's not gonna go. She doesn't care about armor. She is a she is her own weapon. Ooh, okay. I love that excuse. Thank you so much. That's the best one I I've heard so that. far. <laughs> I, I couldn't come up with anything. I was just like, no way. I'm going to put that on my gravestone. <laughs> she she her was own. her own weapon. <laughs> Your gravestone is dedicated to Black Widow. <laughs> no, that's. I'm just talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> she was her own weapon. <laughs> Everybody just claps. Thank you here. so much. And then um, I'll like rise up. I'll okay, there's a scene where Thor uh, and Rocket are restarting this neutron star. Yes. So is there, do you guys have an explanation? Explanation for that <laughs> uh, um, event. Yeah, they neutron stars have a really high gravity. Okay. Okay. They're incredibly dense. I mean, I'm not an astrophysicist, but this is something I read in Great. like middle school science textbook. So <laughs> they really shouldn't have been able to get that close when once they started. Once they got it started. Well, yeah. okay. what would yeah. happen if you're close to a neutron star? Um, I mean. You'd probably get just burned and burned and, and yeah. torn apart and just sucked in. Right. It's Got it. just incredible just incredible. And Thor is lucky force. though because he is an Asgardian god. Right. So he has he can able to take it. Right. Um, and then yeah. get like yeah. really quickly recharged with that axe. He yes, I will say like I I'm, I'm I would be curious to know um, you know what the travel time you know what is the people getting from A to B but like what mm-hmm. is the in between time is it like <laughs> sure oh man I gotta all right what am I gonna get in there I'm gonna get in there and I get there and I go right to him and I get this this rabbit I gotta deal with this rabbit thing okay like, does he take a breath take have does a sandwich he like, does he, yeah does he stop to get a water yeah it's like i just need like five minutes Maybe. before we go back <laughs> yeah i'm sure the army's yeah. holding them off right it's fine. right 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 there is i do find it funny there's that moment in infinity war where uh where steve and thor see each other and he's like the beard i like the beard you copied right. me yeah and then i thought uh, that was improvised by the he's way he's like this is yes oh really yeah yeah but i loved i watched it recently and i watched the fact that like there's an incredible amount of chaos happening around them. Yes. And I was like, nobody saw that as an in to punch right. them. Nobody no. was like, that whole, they're talking, get that, them. That whole sequence, there's so many times right. where people are just like either making a joke or like talking to each other on the radio, but kind of looking around. You're like, yes. there's no time for this crap. Yeah. I was like, get him. Yeah. They are talking about BS. Yeah, and Do they're the most now. important fighters that <laughs> yes, they have. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they're but just I, hanging out. I do love the moment of like, I am, I am Groot, and he's like, I am Steve Rogers. Like, I that was like, <laughs> yeah. Chris Evans. I really can do no wrong, but that that line was like really. I like that. Yeah, that is fun. Um, also, speaking of Thor and the hammer, well, I should say the axe in this film, uh, which is so important, and he has to go there, he has to make it, he has to bring it back, uh, which does help the army. I, you know, I get that, but doesn't kill Thanos. Yeah, uh, he didn't go for. A, he didn't go for the head. A specific, yeah. That was that's part of it. He, that he, sounds like a joke. He that didn't sounds go for it. Yeah, ridiculous. To I me. mean, how do you the solve a point? problem like Thanos? How do you catch a cloud and pin it down? <laughs> I I don't know. These are good questions. Um, the, uh, so, the, the, uh, I I I don't. 
I like to justify it with like in the heat of battle, everything's happening so quickly that you just people make mistakes. And Thor, I mean, it just seems like that wasn't a mistake to me because the whole point of this axe thing is that it's a Thanos killer. It's sure, like yeah. This thing, yes. when I strike him with this, it's over. I don't have to hit him in the hand. I don't have to hit him in the balls. I just got to hit him with it, and right. I'm good. And then it's, I mean, it seemed like he was fine. Have you seen Endgame yet? I did see Endgame. Okay. So uh, we know that that there is a correction of sorts. Uh, right, yes. Uh, but, but... You know, like Thor's in them. Like, give him some credit. Like, he's been going through a lot. Sure. Like, and people make mistakes. Like, just like let him like make a mistake here. And yes, it affects the entire cosmos and the the history of all things. But yeah, yeah. you know, give him some leeway. Like, let him heal from this. I mean, Thanos healed from me really quickly. It's true. That's all I'm trying to say. It <laughs> just true. seemed like, wow. Um, okay, I wanted to ask about overpopulation. Okay, I'm mm. out. Oh, you're out? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> We are definitely overpopulated. Do, I mean, do you guys, yeah, is that a huge issue? And would it be solved by killing half of <laughs> our life forms? <laughs> well, I, I yes. did have some questions about that. Because, I mean, when you, when you consider ecology, for instance, um, if a web of life, so to speak, you have these different animals occupying niches. And and um, contrary to what most people say, if you, for example, if there's an animal that goes extinct, leaving an open niche, um, another animal doesn't just immediately occupy it. Mm-hmm. It can take thousands of years. It could even take millions of years for um, that niche to be filled. Yeah. If you if there are competing species, more likely than not, whatever event caused the extinction of one will cause the extinction of the other. And so when Thanos snaps his finger and eliminates half of all life, what did he mean exactly? It was what are the rules for so what I've types read of life? that it was <laughs> right. like all life, like it includes animals. Yes. And for, and that, for example, seems so ridiculous to me because we have so right. many like endangered species. So it's like, well, right. if you're gonna get rid of half of them, that you're you're kind of just you know, ending that species completely. That's right, not right. that's not developing more life or right, 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 balancing right. anything out. That, you know, I mean, if he eliminated mosquitoes, for instance, I mean, See? they don't occupy any real like important niche. Right, that they're one of the few animals that. Like we could get rid of them, and there wouldn't be. Hope any, there's no mosquitoes listening. <laughs> yeah, oh my any, There wouldn't be any consequence, at least that, that people could foresee. Right. But if you eliminate some kind of basal species that um, is re- is required for yeah, or even just basil because yeah. it's delicious <laughs> yeah. and we need it for pizza or etc. Exactly. Yeah. I remember, uh, so, like when I was little, like my mom. I I hate spiders, or I you know spiders are creepy. Yeah, so if are. I found a spider, it'd be like kill the spider. And my mom would always like don't kill the spider because the spider serves a purpose in the house wow. because the spider catches things and kills them, and there's like a whole. You know, yeah. there's a whole ecology. Ecology? Is that yes, the correct word? Yeah. Um, even just like, and so I was like, ugh. So I would, I, I wouldn't always kill the spider because I didn't want to mess what up. What about now? Was. When you see a spider in your apartment? Well, now what I, I prefer to do is just imprison a spider, Ooh. Um, and starve it of resources until so it eventually still, leaves honestly, my that home. Might be worse. Well, you know, I like to torture. I like to torture flora Dormammu, and fauna. I've come to bargain. <laughs> Ooh, he's got the Doctor Strange quotes, which won't even matter to you because no. you don't even care. Don't care. Don't know him. Just yet. wait till you see it. This will all. This. It's mo- this make will sense. all. Yeah. 
You're going to love it. I'm going to love to go back to this and love this moment. You're going to love it. Yeah, we had a spider expert on recently, and they were saying that they don't kill spiders in their apartment. And I was so impressed by that because I find them so creepy and just like I can't go to sleep if I know they're around you know if you see a spider like in the corner of your yeah. ceiling like I'm like it will that's not I don't know I don't care yeah. like you can tell me all the facts about it's gonna save me from all these other things <laughs> right. I hate but it's like ah, well I can still see it and it's got all these legs and I can't handle it how do you feel about house centipedes though uh, is that a silverfish no it's it's um it's a centipede, okay. but it's got really, really long legs, okay. lots of them. I'm embarrassed to say this. I'm ashamed. I don't want to impose this view on, on the listeners, but me personally, I get very freaked out. And I, I just, it's any true. insect, anything small, anything that flies, I can't deal. I just get like, I, you know, a paranoia or uh, I don't know what it is. And I have to either kill it or, or release it outside. I, that's the first. Do you though? Yes. Do you release <laughs> the, things? The first thing I try to do is get it out the window or like get it out the door, you know, mm. but if it's like something big and I feel threatened, I will defend myself. <laughs> what about, because I always find that like I will release like some sort of like, if it's like a moth I'll try mm. to catch it or yeah. a butterfly or a ladybug oh sure you treat you treat ladybugs with respect and <laughs> yeah. they will respect you but ladybugs are also part of an ecology like yeah. where yeah you gotta leave the ladybugs around so that they can mm. do their thing and if so, you're playing with ladybugs fits, yeah. uh, wash your hands afterwards why there, there's like some residue yeah. I've oh. learned recently have, there's, a very, there's a very distinctive odor to them too because they, they do swarm uh-huh. um, and yeah it's it's more apparent then but yeah it, it Yes, yeah, you you can tell when there's a lot of them around. Right, that's all yeah. I'm saying. You should <laughs> hear them because they're just partying. They're up all night, and yeah, you're like, so wow. these ladybugs moved in next door, and it's just like they're constantly listening to music. <laughs> yeah, ladybugs love Skrillex. They really people don't know Skrillex. This. People there's don't a know blast it. from the past. <laughs> yeah, what's well, he up to? Uh, let's get him on the horn. He's sleeping. <laughs> he's, he's, sleeping. Just, he's, he's like he's napping. Um, yeah, there's like a taste to it also. So like if you're if you're like messing with a ladybug and then you go out to lunch and you're like eating fries with your hands or something like that, you'll be able to taste like, oh, these fries taste weird, but it's really you're, the ladybug, ladybug crap I mean, on your fingers. part of the reason why they have that coloration, too. It's, apos- it's aposematic. They don't taste good. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. all right. Yeah. See, learning things that have nothing really to do with Infinity War. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so uh, killing uh, half of everything randomly, I was trying to like research oh, that. That's, yeah. And I it's came up with awesome. this RNG, a random number generator, and then a TRNG, a true random number generator. Do you guys know about no. these things? No. I didn't really know about it either, but they're out there. There's like computers that do this where it's like certain things in our lives that we perceive as random because we're told they're random are not really random so like on you know on a playlist on Pandora or Spotify or something like that it's not actually shuffling it's not actually going completely random like they're not going to play the same song twice which true randomness would make uh, occur yes I find that often when I listen to music Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm like like sometimes things will be clumped like thematically or like there'll be a word in the title and then it'll be like, and and it won't be. Yeah. Like there, there are patterns to notice in that, that every once in a while I'll notice and be like, is this intentional? Like, what is this? Yeah. Not, uh, not the true random. There is like, it's supposedly, it's like really hard to create this uh, RNG or TRNG or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they have them. There's, There's like actual physical things that can create, uh, true random interesting consequences yeah I, I'm also just with like the like the getting rid of half the population uh-huh. of things like I if you've got the power of the infinity gauntlet like 
you, you you can't specify you can't you can't like yeah you can't do like a quick look and be like let me see who we can get rid right, of right right that, that was kind of my issue with the way that they were talking to Thanos like anytime somebody has the opportunity to discuss this plan with him right it's never like the logical you know uh, it's just like killing is wrong and what you're doing is genocide right. it's like well yeah that's obvious but maybe talk about these kinds of things where it's like hey listen. I hear your plan, and some of it kind of makes sense, but some of it doesn't make yeah. any sense, and here's why. Let me give you a list, yeah. and then these are the people that I'd love to see gone, yeah. and a lot of them are people that I encounter in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a list of bad drivers. Yeah, bad drivers. <laughs> I would be on that list, by the way. I would, I would, I would probably do myself. Uh, do you guys have, uh, like, what we would make this gauntlet out of or what you think it's made out of cream cheese cream cheese honestly <laughs> love cream it's cheese. cream cheese and m&ms actually the Frozen. original the original comic book gauntlet <laughs> is uh pumpkin cream cheese and m&ms <laughs> well, seasonal that's nice yeah um, yeah uh i don't know i i was surprised in endgame um that there were, um, I can I mean, I don't want to spoil it. Like, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it's okay. Uh, but like, there are uh, homemade gauntlets. Oh, right. There's, there are a couple, of, and, yeah. and I thought that was clever because there's so much that uh, gets placed on the gauntlet itself as being a conduit of, of, of the energy. So right. being able to harness each of the individual stones and work in concert with one another, like people equate that with the, with the, with something cosmic about the gauntlet. Yeah. So it was interesting to me to see these other these other uh, gauntlets that uh, were able to again like using science. Mm -hmm. So it isn't a magic gauntlet. Right. It is the harnessing of these energies specifically and putting them together so that they can be used. And there are various artifacts that actually house the individual stones. Right. Before they mm -hmm. were placed yes. on the gauntlet. Yeah. I mean Ronan's Ronan's uh, staff for instance and or the 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 the, the, the hammer, right? Uh, he had like a, a That uh, didn't have a stone in it. The Ronan's like Oh yeah, they wasn't that in, didn't didn't it get embedded in the the, oh, well, the the space stone at one point. Yeah, at one point was in the. Yes, hammer, the space yeah. stone was originally the orb. Yeah. So yeah, so each of the things had a casing. So it was like the uh, space stone. No, I'm sorry, that was the power stone. Mm -hmm. Space stone was the tesseract. Mm -hmm. The reality was the aether. The soul stone was its own thing. Um, the time stone is the eye of Agamotto from Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange yeah. uh, power stone was the orb, and mind stone was in Loki's scepter. Yeah. Um, so there's always a way to capture a bunch of energy yes. or like harness. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Because also um, like part of the thing is too, like they're just such powerful things that like not everybody can use them mm -hmm. or knows how to use them. So right. like over the course of the movies, you would see people like for instance, in um, the guardians of the galaxy, uh, Karina collectors, uh, assistant slave, really <laughs> a slave. She's a slave. Um, she tries to like grab the power stone to like be like screw you, and then she vaporizes herself and every like all these other things mm -hmm. like destroy. Yeah, so it's like not everybody can just be like, ooh, what's this, and use it. Right, the casings right. protect the 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 user and you know right that's yeah. that like cube uh, the tesseract yes the tesseract that's the Got space it. that's no. why okay that yeah. makes a lot of sense um, okay great guys uh, we're out of time um, what I I'm, this was wonderful I thought oh. we were gonna do this for five hours just oh uh, yeah let's I've just, got so much more to say about the Marvel about the Marvel Cinematic let's just 
do it. I'll cut it into five different episodes. That's totally like fine that. with me. Uh, no, we got to get uh, we got to get Frank to a hospital. This, uh, this <laughs> the Arco Burger is destroying his insides. Uh, no, so we usually have a, you know a plug section here at the end. So obviously, people need to buy these books. I'm sure they can get them on Amazon. Yes. Or is there a preferred way they can um, get them? You can go. I mean, you can find them at, uh, all over the place. I am. You can go to my website, Cootie Kid, C O O T I E. That's right. I, I forgot to say something about this, but I'm in a music comedy trio called the Cooties. Get out of here. No, it's totally true. So when I went to your website, I was like, what the hell is this? I, Cootie Kid was actually uh, a rude term that my classmates called me in oh. third grade <laughs> that I turned into a positive. Nice. Turn it um, back on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so that is why that is. Uh, and you can you can find my books there and I'm on social media at Brandon T. Snyder and all that. Okay, great. CootieKid.com. Yes. Cootie for Kid. all your Brandon T. Snyder needs. And more. And more. Yeah. God, what a mysterious... Not, even stuff you don't need, trust me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff that you might want. <laughs> and Frank? Well, yeah, I, I work in the Stathopoulos lab at Caltech. Uh, Angela Stathopoulos is our principal inve- investigator. So if you want to learn more about our research, um, just look up the Stathopoulos lab. Stathopoulos lab. Stathopoulos, yeah. <laughs> Got S- it. S-T-A-T-H-O-P-O-U-L-O-S. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, my Instagram handle is Wizard of Osmatazone. So... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Can't forget that. Um, okay, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, and uh, hopefully see you next time when we do Endgame or Age of Ultron, maybe. I don't know. I'm not leaving. <laughs> All right, well. I have nowhere to go. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I um, I need to get back to the me. lab, so. Okay, <laughs> so maybe, why don't we do this? Frank and I will head out, and okay. you can just keep talking into the mic uh, about I, That's actually fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, like your own radio show. I'm my own therapist, so I'll just keep going until I solve okay. my own problems. Well, thank you guys for listening, and stay tuned for Brandon's radio hour, where he will be uh, solving his own problems, I guess. <laughs> it was the year 1999. <laughs> Whoa, what was yeah. happening there? Uh, sorry, sorry. For Actually, I'm just gonna do voices. It's just gonna be me like doing all, all, all of my different voices. Cool, it's like a one man show. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'll do. I'll work on my one man show. You're here in LA. Brandon! <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Woo! Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our social media producers are Kate Baker and EJ Gullett. And the executive pro Grooter is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show for behind the scenes photos and facts and all that stuff. You can send us an email at badscience at seeker.com. That's badscience at seeker.com. If you'd be so kind to leave us an iTunes review, I'd really appreciate that. And next week, we're going to be talking about Ratatouille. So go ahead and watch that or rewatch that this week. See ya. Bye.